My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And I am hoping and praying that today's program is going to be a real encouragement to you. The title of the message that we're going to be listening to today is simply this, Do You Have a Situation? Do you have a situation? And I can almost guarantee you the answer to that question is yes. We all have situations in our lives that can cause us confusion and heartache and pain. And we wonder, where is God in the midst of this situation? And why would God have allowed this situation to come into my life? And what is God going to do? Will God help me? Will God get me through this? And we've all been there, and sometimes we are there. But today, as we think about a familiar story in the Bible, it's the story about Jesus' friend Lazarus who got sick, and then he died, and then, of course, Jesus raised him from the dead. And those of us who are familiar with the Bible, we're familiar with that story. But keep in mind, when Lazarus got sick and his sisters sent for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus, and Jesus delayed in coming. In fact, Jesus was so late in getting there that Lazarus had died by the time Jesus arrived. They were thinking, God has forgotten us. God doesn't care about our situation. God was not there when we needed him the most. And so they were struggling with some of the same feelings and emotions that we do. You see, when Lazarus got sick and then died and Jesus still hadn't showed up, they had no idea how the story would end. They did not know that there would soon be uh, the resurrection of their brother. They didn't know that. And the same thing is true for you in your life. Maybe right now you're in the middle of a situation and you have prayed, called on God. Maybe you've even fasted. You've been believing that God's going to come through and meet that need for you. And it just seems like God doesn't care. God hasn't heard you. God's busy doing something else. God's forgotten all about you. And from your perspective, The story's over, and this is just kind of how it ends. Friend, I want to say to you today, it's not over until God says it's over. It's not over until God gets finished doing what all he's going to do. And so I want to encourage you today with this thought. Just because God hasn't come to your rescue yet, that doesn't mean that he won't come to your rescue eventually. He will. And I pray that this sermon today will be a real encouragement and a blessing to you as you listen to it. I want to begin today with five words that are so very simple, and yet I think they could change your outlook and your perspective on life. And here are the words, nobody has a perfect life. Say that with me. Nobody has a perfect life. Turn to the person next to you and say, I thought you did. I thought you had a perfect life. You know, in the day of social media, We read these tweets and pictures and things on Facebook, and I think sometimes you can look at all that out there, and you think, man, they have a perfect life. He has a perfect life. She has a perfect life. Remember, they're only putting out there what they want you to see. The fact is, nobody has a perfect life. You don't. I don't. You know, I love the life that God has given me. I really do. I wouldn't trade it with anybody I know. And yet, my life is far from perfect. And I was reminded of that about two weeks ago. I started having something I had never had in all my life. I started having a toothache on my upper left side. And I thought, well, you know, i got to tough this out. You can't be a wimp. You have to be a man. You have to be strong. 
A few days later, I was calling my dentist begging for an appointment. And I went in and I said to the dentist, I said, you know, I, I probably shouldn't even be here. Maybe I'm imagining this. I said, I know y'all have other patients with bigger problems. And I don't mean to be, you know, a weenie on this, but I'm feeling a little pain right up here on the upper left side. And she said, well, let me just take a look at it. So she laid me back in the chair and she looked in my mouth and she said, wow. Now that's one word you never want to hear your dentist say right there. I said, wow, what? She said, wow. I think I know why you have a toothache. It's obvious. She said, part of your tooth has fallen out. I thought, man, my hair is turning gray. I'm wearing glasses. Now my teeth are falling out. What is happening to my life? And I said, well, is there something we can, we've got to be able to do something. Is there a surgery? You need to admit me to a hospital. We've got to do something about this. She said, no, there's no surgery. She said, there are three options. She said, we could put a crown on that tooth. I don't think you need a crown. She said, we could treat it like a cavity, even though it's not a cavity, and fill it. She said, I wouldn't recommend that. She said, or I could just rub something on there so it won't be so sensitive. I said, on option three, do we have to use a shot? She said, no shot. I said, option three is for me. So she rubbed this stuff on there, and it solved my problem. But I was reminded that nobody has a perfect life. We have problems. We have pain. Sometimes we have unanswered prayers in our life. Now, if you'll open your Bibles today to the Gospel of John, chapter number 11, I want us to look at a family in the Bible. This is a familiar story, but I want us to think today about a family who had a serious problem. Now, there are three siblings in this family, two girls and a boy. There's Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. And the problem was Lazarus had gotten sick. And so Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. Jesus was many miles away. And basically they said, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. If you'll come to Bethany, you can heal him. And we will certainly appreciate that. That's what was in their heart. Jesus was very good friends with his family. In fact, when he traveled from Galilee up in the northern part of Israel down south to the Jerusalem area, he spent a lot of time in Bethany at their house, having meals, probably spent the night there on several different occasions. They had a very close relationship. And let's just read about that. John chapter 11 and in verse number 1. It says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And so there's the problem. Lazarus is sick. His sickness is causing him physical pain, but it's also causing his sisters emotional pain, just like it would for any of us. If we have a family member who's sick, we may not feel the physical pain, but emotionally we hurt with them. Now, in verse number four, Jesus said something that I think is very interesting. I have this verse marked in my Bible. It's a great verse to mark when we go through hard times. Look what it says. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
Now, Jesus was not saying Lazarus is not going to die. If you're familiar with this story, you know that Lazarus indeed, indeed did die. But death was not the end of the story. Jesus brought Lazarus from death back to life. And so Jesus made an interesting statement. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, I want you to think about that situation in your life. Maybe it's a lawsuit that you're going through right now. Maybe it's a medical condition. Maybe it's a work issue. Maybe it's a family matter. Could be a thousand things going on in your life. But I want you to think about that. And for our purposes today, we're going to just call that the situation. Everybody has a situation. Why? Because nobody has a perfect life. And so you have this situation in your life that you wish were different, that you wish would change, that you wish God would do something about. It's, it's a problem. It's causing you pain. You've prayed about it, and God doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. Now, what Jesus said so long ago to these people in this family about this situation, Jesus is still saying to us today with our situations in life, and that is this, the situation that you are currently facing is for the glory of God. Now I want you to let that sink in. That situation in your life that's causing you pain it's a real problem. You wish it would go away. You wish God would do something about it. What I'm saying is, what Jesus is saying is, that situation in your life is for the glory of God. It is not unto death. It is not going to be the end of you. It is not going to ruin your life. No, it is for the glory of God. It is as though God has looked down from heaven at your life and at your particular case and God has said, I'm going to allow this situation into his life, her life, or their life so that they can bring me glory through how they respond and through how they act during this time. Now, the question is, okay, it's, it's for the glory of God, but why, why would God have allowed something so painful if it's to bring him glory. It seemed like God could have given me a special blessing and that would bring him glory. But why has God allowed this pain? Well, look in verse 5 because this just continues to become more and more practical for us. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved this family. Verse 6, So, comma, When he heard that he was sick, comma, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Isn't that a strange verse? You would think that the Bible would say, I mean, in verse 5 it says Jesus loved this family. You would think verse 6 would say, so, comma, when he heard that he was sick, comma, he left immediately where he was and went to Bethany and he healed Lazarus. It looks like if he would have loved them in verse 5, that he would have solved their problem in verse 6. But just the opposite happened. Verse 6, verse 5, he loves all these people. Verse 6, he loves them so much, he decided to stay where he was and not go to Bethany. He loves this family so much that he decided for Lazarus to get sicker and sicker and sicker and then to eventually die. Now, that just doesn't make sense. You would think that it would say he went and he healed Lazarus. No, he stayed where he was, and then Lazarus died. Now, I want you to write this thing down. Now, the first thing I've said was the situation, whatever that situation is right now that you are facing, 
It is for the glory of God if you will respond properly. Now, another little thought along those, along those same lines. The situation you are facing was motivated by God's love. So many times in life we have a problem and we think, well, God must be angry with me. I must have done something wrong. There must be some sin in my life. And now God is disciplining me. Now God is chastising me. He is chastening me. And sometimes that indeed is the case. But sometimes it's just the opposite. God is not allowing these situations because he's mad at us or he's punishing us or he's disciplining us. No, he's allowing these situations into our life because he loves us. And so you have a problem and it's causing pain and you've prayed about it. God hasn't done anything. It's like God is standing back, arms folded, looking down and you think, God, I just don't get the delay. I don't get why you would let this linger on and on like this. And God would say to us in effect, I can understand from your perspective how this makes zero sense to you. But from my perspective, it is as clear as a bell. And I have looked at your situation I have considered your case, and I have decided right now to do absolutely nothing about it. I love you so much that I'm not going to do anything about it, because if I jumped in right now and did what you wanted me to do, solved the problem, met the need, and made the pain go away, then you would miss the blessings that I have in store for you. And so God says, for your sake, I'm stepping back. I'm folding my arms. And I'm going to let this play out a little bit longer. And when it's all over with, it will be for the glory of God. You will be better. The kingdom of heaven will be better. Your witness for me will be better. Everything about your life will be better. Now, if we just stopped right there and went home, that is very encouraging to me. To know that no matter what the situation is you are facing, to know it is for the glory of God. It is not the end of you. And to know that it was allowed into your life because God loves you. And through this problem that is causing pain, God wants to do something fantastic in your life. Let me mention several things that God wants to do in your life at this time and during this situation. Number one thing, God wants to give you greater faith. Have you ever noticed as you read the Bible how important faith is to God? I mean, I know that our faith is important to us, but did you know that your faith is even more important to God than it is to you? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 that God values your faith more than he values gold. Because it says gold perishes, but your faith lasts on and on. And so God, when he looks down at your heart with x-ray vision, he looks in my heart, sometimes God says, John's faith is a little bit weak right now. John's faith has some doubts in it. John's faith maybe has some fear or anxiety or some weaknesses, some impurities in that faith. So I'm going to step back I'm going to let the problem persist. I'm going to let the pain intensify. In the short term, I'm going to let it go from bad to worse. But when it's all said and done, that faith in his heart will be refined. It will be strengthened. It will be purified. It will grow. And when I get finished with the situation, his faith won't have that doubt. His faith won't have those impurities. His faith won't waver. His faith won't be weak. And what I'm saying is true of me is true of you too. And that's why God allows it. God values our faith. Why is faith so important? Did you know it says, there are a lot of reasons, but one of them is this. Did you know without faith, 
you cannot please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Say that with me. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so God would say of me or of you, doesn't matter how much they love me. Doesn't matter how often they read their Bible. Doesn't matter how fervently they pray. In my case, doesn't matter how many sermons he preaches. Doesn't matter. What matters is his faith. What matters is your faith. Without faith, can't please God. And so God says, I've got to perfect this faith. Also, did you know the stronger your faith, the greater your peace will be? I've noticed this in life. Faith and peace are like parallel railroad tracks. They always run together. If you're weak in peace, you're weak in faith. So if you strengthen your faith, your peace will grow too. And so will your joy. And so faith is very important. Let's see how it played out here in this story. John chapter 11, look in verse number 11. Now, by this time, they're on their way to Bethany, Jesus with his disciples, and they're talking about Lazarus' sickness. And uh, by this time, Lazarus has actually died, but the, Jesus knows it because he knows everything, but the disciples don't know it yet. So we pick up in the middle of their conversation. G verse 11, these things Jesus said, and after that, he said to his disciples, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps... He will get better. He will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15. This is another strange thing out of the mouth of Jesus. Verse 14, he said, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15. And I am glad. You would think Jesus would say, Lazarus is dead and I am sad. But that's not what he said. He said, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad. Circle that word glad in your Bible. He said, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, Lazarus died, and it's a good thing. Because had he not died, had I answered the prayer of Mary and Martha the way they prayed it, had I gone immediately to Bethany and healed sick Lazarus, you, my disciples, would have seen me do what you've seen me do many times before. You would have seen me heal another sick person. And by seeing me heal another sick person, it would not have increased your faith one bit because you already know that I can heal sick people. So what I had to do was delay my approach to Bethany. I had to wait for Lazarus to die. And now that he has died, when we get there, I'm going to bring him from death to life. And the end result is you are going to have greater faith. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, you've seen me heal the sick but you've not seen me raise the dead. And so when you see me raise Lazarus from death to life, it will strengthen your faith. And so that situation in your life, let's come back to you. We're going to go back and forth today between us and Lazarus, okay? Now let's put it back on you. That situation that you're facing is the same thing. It is allowed, has been allowed into your life by God so that you can have greater Faith. Somebody has said, one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard, faith is like film. It is best developed in the dark. And sometimes God allows our lives to go dark. And God becomes silent. 
And that faith is developed in the dark. And that silence, many times in prayer and in situations, God is silent. Now, sometimes we pray, we get an immediate answer. Sometimes we pray about a problem, and we don't hear anything from God. Not only does He not do anything, He doesn't tell us what He's going to do. Heaven becomes completely silent. Have you ever thought about this? When God is silent, that is His way of saying to you, you are being tested. This is a test. And so even in his silence, he's speaking and he's saying, this is a test and you have to trust me in this test. That's how it was in school when we were growing up. You students about to start back to school. You go to school, you're in a history class for a week and a half. The teacher gives a lecture on history and the next day you have a test. During the test, does the teacher lecture? No. The teacher sits behind his or her desk and doesn't say a word and you sit out there and take a test. The teacher is always silent when a test is being taken. What's true for a teacher in a history class is true for God in your life and mine. When heaven goes silent, God is saying it's a test. And what I'm doing is trying to strengthen your faith. So the first thing God wants to give us is greater faith. Well, we're going to have to stop right there today. We're running out of time, but let's just think about what we've been thinking about and what we've been listening to for the last few minutes. When we are living our lives and all of a sudden a situation presents itself, maybe in our health or in our family or in our finances or where we work, some kind of a situation comes up and we think, God, why would you have allowed this into my life? Remember what we said during the sermon, anything that God allows into my life, any situation that any of us face in our lives, God has allowed it to bring him glory. That's what Jesus said when he found out that Lazarus was sick. He said, this situation is for the glory of God. And so I just want those words today to encourage you. And I don't know who you are and where you may be listening from today or what your situation might be. But I know this, that thing you're struggling with right now has been allowed into your life for God's glory. And if you will respond appropriately, you're going to bring honor and glory to His name. You know, there are some things in life that we just can't control. Lazarus couldn't help it that he got sick, and his sisters couldn't help that either, and they certainly couldn't help that he died. But God used all of that to bring a tremendous amount of glory to His own name. And that's what we want God to do in our lives. We want God to bring glory to His name through how we respond to difficult situations. And not only does God want us to bring glory and honor to His name, but God uses these situations we face to strengthen our faith, to get us to a place in our lives where we say, you know what, even if I don't understand why God allowed this situation in my life, even if it doesn't seem like anything's happening, even if it seems like God has forgotten me, I'm making a decision today. I'm going to trust God with what to me makes absolutely no sense. And it is at that point when we trust the Lord that He fills our hearts with peace. And really, that's the key to bringing glory and honor to His name is by our trusting in Him. And so today, whatever you're facing, I encourage you, trust God with it. Just say, God, I'm not going to keep worrying about this and agonizing and questioning and wondering. I just choose today to trust you. And friend, as you do that, you're going to find a heavy burden lifted off 
off your shoulders. You're going to find a lightness in your spirit, and you're going to begin to experience a peace and a joy that you've not known in a long time. Just say, God, today I choose to trust you. And if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior, today would be a wonderful day to do that. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you just pray this prayer right now? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. Begin now to make me the person you want me to be. In your name I pray. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, God has heard you, God has answered it, and today has become the day of your salvation. I would encourage you to share that decision with a family member or friend. I would encourage you to get involved in a good Bible-believing church, wherever you may live. Share that decision with that church family, with the pastor, and you begin to follow God each day. And also, we would encourage you to visit our website. Rick Lipsy, one of our staff members in the studio today. Rick, tell them how they could be blessed by our website and how maybe we could hear back from them. Yes, our website is peacebybelieving.org. If you go there, on there, there is a section that says, Contact Us. We would love to hear from you. If you prayed to ask Christ to come into your heart to save you today, we'd love to hear about that. There's also a booklet on waiting called When God Says Wait. It's under the spiritual growth section of that same website. So please visit our website this week, peacebybelieving.org, peacebybelieving.org. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know how we can pray for you. I thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll have a great rest of this day, and I hope you'll be with us next time.